0: Welcome to Widowed Too Soon. This is Michelle Bader Ebersole. I'm sitting here with my friend and co-host, Mark Masaro. How's it going, Mark?
1: I am doing well. well. How are you? <laughs> okay, I am gonna fantastically say, well. well.
0: Not good. Yes. Well, I have learned that. I've been using that that proper English, so nice. thank you for that. <laughs> What's been uh, going on with you since the last time we recorded?
1: <laughs> since a couple days ago? Well, yeah. uh, another car broke down and I fixed it. Seriously? You know, that's, that's oh, I how thought I you do. meant your Not car. Not my car, no. No, your work, thank that goodness, yeah, no, it's just a dumb joke about being a mechanic. Um, actually, okay. something really cool happened. Yes. um so I was working yesterday, and uh one of the guys from the front comes to the back and he says, "Hey, uh, Joe is on the phone to talk to you, which is weird. I got a call at work. Joe is yeah. the owner's son, and I was like, "For me, oh gosh, so the owner owns six stores, and each store has tons of employees." So I'm like, why in the world is he calling to talk to me? Mm-hmm. And so I picked up the phone and, hello, this is Mark. And he said, hey, Mark, this is Joe. Uh, kind of a random question to ask you. Uh, we normally go to the Tennessee um, basketball game. Uh, they're playing Texas A&M on tomorrow night. This is when, you know, according to when he asked me.
2: Mm-hmm. And he
1: said, we can't make it. Would you by any chance like the tickets? Nice. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow. And at first I was like, you know, he said the game starts at 8, it's kind of a late game, and I was like, uh, my kid's bedtime, but this is the owner, like, offering me tickets for some reason he chose me, and so um, I just felt like I should do it, and so uh, I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome, and so they sent me four tickets, um, parking and stuff, and then the owner uh, reached out to me today, Uh, so it's his dad. And he sent me some cash to make sure that the kids and I had a really fun night. And so anyways, it was so after this episode, we're actually going to the Tennessee basketball game. Awesome. Um, So I I don't know. I'm just still like kind of dumbfounded by it because I don't know why they picked me. But he said, uh, I said, wow, I'm really honored. Thank you. And he said, well, you've been doing a really great job and we're really happy to have you. And uh, we just would love to give you these tickets. And I was like, that'd be awesome. So. So yeah, so I've been uh, excited about that. So the kids and I are going to be posers. So we went to uh, Walmart and bought some some nice. Tennessee Volunteers uh, t shirts because we're Wait, in the
0: Volunteers. Are you a that's volunteer? the
1: University of Tennessee. Is that's their their mascot, uh, mascot is a
0: volunteer. Is
1: volunteer, yeah.
0: What does a volunteer look like?
1: You're going to make me look this up. Well, no, I don't know. I've only,
0: I've never heard of. It's kind of like the Ridgefield Sputters, the high school here. You know, the mascot oh. is a potato. So, what is a volunteer? Like, I know I'm what a volunteer is, but I'm picturing. What is like, the
1: Tennessee Volunteers? Smokey is the mascot of the University of Tennessee sports team. These teams, named the Volunteers and nicknamed the Vols, use both a live and costumed version of Smokey. Both Smokey. Oh. Run in the end zone. There is a blue tick coonhound mascot who leads the Vols onto... uh, That doesn't help. Uh, Why is the mascot a volunteer? Yeah, that's
0: interesting. Um,
1: Oh, it's because of a nickname that Tennessee received during the War of 1812, the Volunteer State. So I guess we volunteered to go to war in 1812. That was the Spanish War, I think, 1812. Okay. So um, I guess, you know, I live in this awesome state. (laughs)
3: Nice.
0: That is fun, I guess that's
1: why they're called the – yeah, so I'm excited. I'm really pumped about it. My kids are super excited because they get to stay up late and go to a stadium.
0: My kids loved that when they were younger because Luke loved going to games, and so we go, like, Blazer, basketball games, Winter Hawk, um, hockey games, football games, you know, all of that. And they loved it because, you know, we get, like, popcorn and these big sodas and, like – or we say pop, you know, (laughs) all that stuff. Oh, you say pop in Washington? Yeah, we do, yep.
1: Is California yeah. the only place that says soda?
0: I think so, and then everyone else. I'm is trying like, to get, get Tina Coke to say soda.
1: <laughs> yeah, Texas is Coke. Everything is Coke yeah. in Texas. What kind if of you Coke want a Sprite, you want? Sprite, Dr Pepper. So I uh-huh. did get. I have gotten Tina to say kid soda. That's what we refer to as um, like sparkling water. We call it like because oh, nice. that's how Lacey and that's I cute. sold it to the kids as something exciting. Right? We called it kid soda.
0: That's cute. So um, <laughs> I like So that. now
1: it's, it's it is cute because now Tina's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go downstairs and grab a kids soda real quick. <laughs> it's yeah, funny we both say. It. But uh, and then the only other thing I have going on is um, that I am really excited that Tina's coming to visit this week. Yes, she that's is awesome.
0: exciting.
1: I'm just gonna yes. throw it out there. Hi, Joel. We are, <laughs> we are recording, but you can
0: come you can come sit here. Oh, no, here, put this on. It's okay. What's <laughs> up, dude? You can hear them. He can't hear you yet.
2: Now you can we say you hi. We have a special
1: guest appearance by the one guest? and only Joel. Oh, <laughs> hi there. What, what's up man? How you doing?
2: <laughs> I was I thought you guys were just talking. No, I, I was like wanna... it's yeah. fine. You I can come wanna... through
1: the oh, room. good. Come on he in. just
0: <laughs> He just went uh mountain biking. How was it?
2: it oh was nice. Amazing trails and I just trashed my bike. I broke it in half.
0: What? Are you oh, okay? Oh no. I'm okay. What'd you do? You're so hardcore. Lock- <laughs> live on the air what'd you do well we're not live but
3: what happened
2: um nothing it's just uh my bike finally gave out i have a track need, that's really need. a really good bike but it just broke in half like in the back back part so,
1: oh no that's that's
2: pretty hardcore you all right yeah I, I feel pretty proud of it <laughs> but yeah. did you just like nice. fall when no it, no i just i was going down the trails pretty fast and then i and i realized that my back tire was kind of kind of coming out of place and so I tightened my bolts a few times, and then they kept on doing it. Then I stopped and I'm like, oh my goodness, my fork is broken. It's just For. broken in half. Yeah, <laughs> my back fork. Is. Anyways, oh. it's, it's just, it just it a member the of the bicycle oh, yeah, okay. that holds the tire on. So, anyways. Anyways, that's awesome! I you. have a trek
1: also. I love treks.
0: Oh, well, cool. I
1: knew I liked you. <laughs> See, we golf, we like treks.
0: <laughs> I know. Too bad you live far away because he's always looking for someone to mountain bike yes.
1: with. Yes, and I just—I'm looking the for most a friend.
2: Movie.
0: So, <laughs> too bad you guys are on the other side of the country.
2: So, <laughs> will you be my friend? <laughs> I'll be your friend, Joel. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. All right, well, we got to come out here and uh, we got to ride because I just found the most amazing oh, trail good. ever. Oh, good like oh that's cool full of jumps full of like like just really cool stuff so
1: that's awesome i love downhilling yes (laughs) it stinks that you have to work so hard to get up the hill to go down it but you know it's worth it the downhill is so
2: fun yeah that that is very true anyways okay i'll let you guys do it all right thanks (laughs) (laughs) see you joel
0: all right. Anyway, I don't know where we were, but that was a hey, nice little treat. you know, the guests want to
1: know that Joel <laughs> broke his bike. You I know?
0: know. Nice little treat for our guests. So yes. I have no idea what we were talking about. I was um, just saying that game. Tina is
1: visiting this week, oh, and yes, I'm super excited because she is just awesome and amazing, and I love her. Yes. And she's coming for a visit, and I'm super excited. I love
0: that. It's going to be so fun. That's awesome. Yes. That's good.
1: So what's up with you?
0: Um.
3: <laughs>
1: that's where we're so at. I,
0: I know, I got a little distracted because Joel came in. Um, Okay, let's see. I got my hair cut, so that's always fun, like a bunch of Exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Like in a girl's world, that's very exciting. And then Haley got her hair done yesterday. She doesn't like it. She told me, like, so it's the first time she's gone on her own. I was like, you'll be fine. I have to take Peyton here. You can go. And she said the lady was like crying the whole time, and her friend came in and was like, um, do you want me to take over for your client? She's like, no. And then she just told Haley that she's been having panic attacks and is it okay if she doesn't mm. style her hair? And I was like, for that much money, she should have styled. It's very cheesy. Yeah, is it okay if um, I don't pay you? <laughs> and then she, I guess she didn't talk the whole time. So I was like, well, I mean, she's nice, but we'll probably go somewhere else next time. Anyways, that's, you know, just a little thing in our world. Um, let's see what else. The kids had a great time at their grandparents, Luke's um, parents. And I love that they're still connected there and still get to go up there now they're old enough to drive themselves which is great and so it really has become as the kids have gotten older it's like their relationship with their grandparents I mean I mm, I text cool. with Luke, yeah I text with Luke's mom once in a while but it's mostly like kid stuff and like can they come visit on this day or whatever and then they arrange everything else so I love that they're continuing to go see them um you know it's just fun because she has more stories about luke like they learn more stuff from her like about his childhood like things i don't know and so i love Mm. that they're able to go there and just be part of that um let's see what else we have started a new church about four weeks ago it's called kingdom movement and it's really like spirit-led like it is the worship is amazing We've gone to the life group three times. I love it. And that, so that's another fun thing that's going on in our lives. We're trying to kind of figure that out. Peyton went to youth group once. I'm not sure. And they have a great college group, which we're hoping Haley and Hayden will plug into this summer. So anyways, that's one little thing. I don't have tons of exciting things because like literally we just recorded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get it. I, I was trying to think that- of stuff. Yeah. Great weekend. Unfortunately, Joel is flying away on Monday just for one night, but Mm. I never like that when he goes, but you know, it's, it's good. So let's get into the episode. Like enough about me. Let's go. So I'm so excited. Um, Wait, was I supposed to let you introduce? Because, like, this is really your guest. Well, actually, you're You're both the guests. Okay. No, I'm the guest today, yeah. That's true. So I am, like, the one host today. Let me try this. Okay, so I'm so excited because not only are we here with Mark, we're also here with Tina Gillenwater. And you guys remember her from the last episode. Her and Mark are dating. And today, we get to do their story, and I get to interview them just like Mark has interviewed me and Joel a couple times, Um, so we're super excited. This is about what it's like to be dating a widow and what it's like to be dating a widower, Um, so it's a different dynamic than Joel and I have because as you guys may or may not know, he's divorced, so we have like a whole different dynamic, but I'm so excited to like dive into the dynamic of widow and widower, so let's just start with if you guys want to share your story, like how did you guys meet? How did you guys get to this place where, you know, you're in love? All the stuff. We love hearing it.
1: Okay. Awesome. So go ahead. Well, um, per Tina's request, I will start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First of all, hi, Tina. How are you?
4: I'm great. How are you? <laughs>
1: awesome. I'm good. I know you're good because we just talked like 10 minutes before we started recording on the phone. All right. <laughs> so good. Um. So, okay. From my perspective, it was a very lonely time in life. I had just moved across the country to a state where I didn't really know anybody. And uh, I was at the time on dating sites because even though God told me not to be, that that's not how he was going to bring her to me. I was like, well, maybe he needs a little help. You know how we do. And yeah. so uh, <laughs> nobody was responding to me. I would send out messages like almost every day. Um, and it was, it was Feeling, I was feeling very defeated and, like, even more alone because I didn't understand why nobody was responding. Even saying, like, no thanks, I'm not interested or whatever, you know. Um, and I remember just sitting down on my couch one morning. I think it was a Saturday morning. Tina can correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, it
3: was. And
1: I feel like it was about 8 a.m. or something. My kids weren't up yet. And I was just sitting downstairs on the couch by myself. And I was literally... This is embarrassing, but we try to be honest on here. Keeping I was literally thinking about like, what a loser I must be that like nobody Aww. is interested in even like responding to me or whatever. And I was sitting there dissecting. I was literally sitting on there on the couch dissecting like why? And I'm like, I bet it's my height. I bet it's that I'm Aww. only, you know, five foot five and that people see that and they just keep scrolling or whatever. And then I get this message out of the blue from this girl who I had already seen before I already knew I was attracted to and it was Tina and she just basically told me that she thought it was very courageous that I moved my kids across the country and that she'd been following my story something to that effect and that she was praying for us Mm. and just in that moment I was like wow and hold on let me like double check is this the girl that I'm thinking of And I saw her profile and I got really excited because I really thought she was cute. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, I was just like, wow, like, okay, okay, Mark, like, don't blow it. Like, act cool. (laughs) You know, like, don't tell her how short you are yet, you know, all the things. And and I just responded right away and uh, we kind of started chatting back and forth. And I remember one of the nights that we had texted back and forth um she said something to me that really like made me very attracted to her was she said thank you so much for making me feel seen and heard again Mm -hmm. I haven't felt that since John died wow and um that was like really overwhelming for me because she also at the end of the conversation or at the end of that text she said I hope you sleep well. Good night, Mark. Thanks for everything. But the, just when she said good night, Mark, there's something right. that to me, there's like a lot of sincerity in somebody mm-hmm. using your name.
3: There is, yeah.
1: And, um, I was just like, Whoa. And I just remember kind of having these feelings. And so I will pause on that part. Cause that's kind of how we met. And so Tina, is there anything, how was that from your perspective?
4: So it was the morning that I sent the message. Like I had already been following your story. I knew a lot about um, moving. And I remember listening to the episode that Michelle did on her own when you were traveling cross country. And then we had already became Facebook friends. So I saw all of the the things um, as you were traveling and all that. But that morning, um, you were just on my heart a lot. And um, I just felt like I needed to let you know that I was praying for you and your kids. And... I was thinking it was really courageous because I couldn't imagine moving away from everybody that I know. Um, and you had little kids. Um, and so it was just, uh, it was super cool for me because when I reached out and sent the message you sent back because I said, God put you on my heart. And I think you said God must've put me on your heart because I was feeling particularly lonely this morning. Mm -hmm. And so it was just this exchange and so sweet back and forth. Um, I don't know how long it was, like maybe a week before we exchanged numbers. I can't remember exactly. That sounds but, about right. Um, Put
1: myself out there and I was like, here's my number.
4: <laughs> yeah, he sent me his number. And then I I got really excited and scared at the same time. You know, yeah. oh gosh, am I really doing this kind of thing. But um, he was so sweet. And I remember him saying something he was sharing like he didn't understand why people were responding weren't responding to him on the dating sites and i was just like i don't know what they're looking for but you know they must you know they're missing something because you know Mm. you seem like a really great guy and i think he appreciated that Mm, now tina were you Mm. on dating sites as well no like i was i was just starting to consider the possibility of it Mm. and Mm -hmm. and And then a friend of mine, I I shared this on the last podcast, I was really lonely because I was um, empty nesting basically for the first Mm, time. So since I was 18 years old, it was the first time I'd ever been alone. And um, so I would like come home after work and just sit on the couch and scroll Facebook. And that's why the widowed groups were so helpful for me yeah, um, because it made me feel connected and made me feel like, you know, other people understood where I was coming from um but so that's when a friend when I was talking to her she asked if I would consider you know if I'd consider dating or companionship and I'm like uh I don't I don't really think so I don't think I could do that and then the more I thought about it I thought it needed to be someone widowed because I knew that I would need to talk about John I knew that I would still need to grieve him and um, I wanted my kids to know that it was still okay for us to talk about him and all of those things. So for me, I'm like, I think it would have to be someone widowed that loved their spouse as much as I love John. And mm-hmm. so that is exactly why Mark kind of stood out to me, just the way he talked about Lacey on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And then also you guys sharing. Um, well, him even sharing that it needed to be somebody widowed or somebody that would understand mm-hmm. that he was going to have pictures of Lacey up. And I'm like, yes, yeah. I'm going to have always have pictures of John up. And
2: mm-hmm. if somebody's
4: not okay with that, then they're not the person for me either.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, and I also remember that when we were first talking, um, gosh, there was something... So I remember, excuse me, when we were first messaging, I remember telling you after you responded to me and said, I don't know what, what they're doing, but like they're missing out. Mm -hmm. And that was when I kind of thought maybe she's interested in me, Mm
3: -hmm. maybe this
1: isn't, but, and I I shared something very vulnerable that I said, I just, I don't want to get off of these sites And it's like, I want to get off of these sites, but I don't want to until somebody responds because I'm afraid I'm just going to feel like this huge failure. Mm. Um, And, but I said, but when you messaged me, I realized that I don't need to be on these sites anymore. And I left all of them um, that first day that we started talking. And Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was really interesting because I couldn't tell if she was interested and Lacey had this thing where she'd say, every guy thinks every girl is interested in him. (laughs) And I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be. And so I was like, I'm like, don't like read into this too much. But then she asked me, uh, Tina asked me and said, I know that you've not been, that you don't want to do long distance, but is that something that you would consider? And I said, oh, wow, like she is interested in me. And I just knew, I knew I didn't want to do long distance, but I was like, well, like that's, she lives like a little under five hours away and I'm really, really attracted to her. I think she's really, really pretty. And so I I started saying, you know, I said, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm very interested, but I just don't know yet. And. Um, cause it's kind of a big thing to commit to, you know what yeah. I mean? To, to mm-hmm. fully, cause, yeah. cause I don't date to like, oh, let's just hang out and date. Like I date mm-hmm. with the intentions of being with somebody for a long time, um, or else I'm not interested. And, um, so yeah, when we exchanged numbers and I made a plan, I think I made the plan that I said, Hey, would you want to talk on the phone tonight? And does that sound right, Tina? Yeah, was it me that said that? Okay, I thought so. I just don't mm-hmm. want to miss tell the yeah. story, you know. Um, and I remember before we started talking, I was so nervous. Before I called her, I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. But I remember as the phone was ringing, I said, "Please have an accent. Please have an accent. Aww. Please have an accent." And she's like, "Hello," and I'm that's like, cute. "Oh my
0: gosh, <laughs> so
1: cute!" You know,
0: it is such a cute <laughs> accent.
1: Yeah. And we talked for probably about an hour, mm-hmm. and. We talked about everything. It felt like Mm -hmm. we talked for several hours. It was one of those conversations I just felt like I knew her already. Mm -hmm. We shared so many stories with each other, and I learned so much about her and the kind of wife she was. Mm -hmm. Um, It really made me feel like, oh, my gosh, she's so special. and. When we hung up that phone, I remember I was so giddy. I actually, like, squealed when I left the room, like, (laughs) that I couldn't believe that I just got to, like, spend this time talking to this girl and that she was interested in me. Um, and one of the hardest things for me in the beginning, so a lot of people know, guys are a lot worse at being alone. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, I had considered dating for a long time, but, uh there was just something so special about Tina when we first talked on the phone that I just like wanted to be with her. I really wanted to be with her from that first conversation. I really, really wanted to be with her. And like the distance thing just went out the window. Like it did. I didn't even think about it. Like it was like, we'll figure it out, you know? Um, but so the hardest thing for me in the beginning was to hide my feelings
2: because I didn't want
1: to come on too strong, and I was kind of doing that. But um, <laughs> anyways, so I want to give it back to, to you, Michelle. To, I know you have a laundry list of questions.
0: Oh, no. That's that's beautiful, but I feel like we don't know the whole story yet. So then you met. Like, so, wait, no. no you, well, yeah, you that talked came on the later. Phone. Okay, mm-hmm. you talked on the phone. Like, tell us a little more about your story. You talked on okay. the phone, then what? Like, I'm just okay. like waiting. I so, mean, I, I know so, it ends sorry. up good,
4: but.
1: <laughs> so, Tina, you can you can take over from that point if you'd like.
4: Okay, so yes, we started talking on the phone um, regularly and the one hour did turn into like Two, three, four hours, um, so much so that my daughter started calling me a teenager, and we would like when she would come to, <laughs> she would come to my room, and she's like, "You're still on the phone," and so we started saying, "Oh, mom's home," you know. We were talking. Oh, daughter, like she was mom. But we we had so much in common, and we are both um, enneagram sixes, so. I'm, like, kind of obsessed with the Enneagram, so we <laughs> got on that subject for a while and went, you know, through all the similarities, and um, I don't know, it was just so fun, and I did feel that way. I felt like I was a teenager again, you know? It I had been with John since I was 18 years old and never considered wow. anyone else or any, and so it was just like, oh, okay, this is, this is great, and just the same way he said, like, I loved getting a good night text and a good morning text. That mm-hmm. was so sweet after going over a year or more without any any kind of affection. Mm-hmm. no one caring like when I came or went. like <clears throat> it's like no one's at home waiting for me. When I'd come mm-hmm. home from an event, I'd be so sad because it's like, yeah. nobody even cares where I'm at, like what I'm doing mm-hmm. and uh, how the event was, was. yeah, yeah was so sweet just to have, um, you know, to have someone caring about me again and wanting, wishing me a, a great day and a good night and things like that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and then so we had be, been talking for about two months, I think. Sounds about yes. right. I think it was about two months. And randomly, out of the blue, I said, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? And she said, uh, nothing. And I said, why don't, why don't we meet up tomorrow? Would you want to meet up? Wow. And I could just hear the anxiety in her <laughs> voice. <laughs> she was like, uh, I mean, not like, you know, she was scared of me, but just, you know, the nervousness of like meeting up, like, yeah. oh, this is real. This is real. Mm-hmm. We've been talking for two months. Um, I think if I remember right, because I said, uh, we're so high school. I was like, <laughs> I really want to like ask you to be my girlfriend but I know like because before that there was um I was like I knew and this sounds crazy but like I knew in three weeks that I was in love with you and it was like okay like this is crazy but like she was all I could think about like every day all day it was like all I could think about was her and you know how much I liked her and and how much I loved what kind of wife she was and what she Mm. stood for and just all the things it was just she consumed all of my thoughts she didn't pay me rent for how much she lived up in my head no checks were given no just kidding
3: but um
1: I know super cheesy but you know that's how I roll yeah so um but yeah and uh I mean I was I was texting her these these huge texts of just um how I felt about her and at one point she had said, like, I just don't know that I'm like ready for this And mm-hmm. I said, Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, okay and I'll I'll let her explain a little bit more of that and I'll finish the first story I was talking about. But um so I said, What are you doing tomorrow? And she said, I don't I don't think I'm doing anything and I said, Would you wanna meet up? She's like, Uh I mean Yeah. So we both spent a lot of time, like looking at maps, trying to figure out where was a middle point. And we mm-hmm. found this park in Kentucky that was like exactly two and a half hours for both of us.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so uh, I had this big thing that I wanted to get there first. Just, I felt like that was respectful. I didn't want her waiting for me. So, um, you know, we, we made this plan to meet up at the park and I got there. And right before I got there, I texted her and I said... I'm sure you're really nervous. I'm nervous too. But I want you to know you don't need to be worried about anything. You don't need to be nervous about anything. We're going to have a great time together, and I'm really excited to see you. And so I will share it from my point of view that I waited, the kids and I waited, and oh my gosh, the fear of (laughs) sitting there waiting. I was like, oh my gosh, like, what is she going to think about me? You know what I mean? And I see her car pull up. And I was like, okay. And I was like, all right, kids, hang out here. I'll be right back. And I walked over to the driver's side of her car and I waited for her to get out. And when she got out, I was like, the first thing that came out of my mouth, I couldn't even help it. I was like, wow, look at you. And I just like (laughs) gave her this big hug. And, um, you know, like I said, we were, we were kind of already dating. At that point, like we were already committed to each other. Hence where the earlier, will you be my girlfriend comment came in and she said, well, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, what does that entail? And I was like, just basically that you're not going to pursue somebody else and I'm not going to pursue somebody else. And she said, yeah, I'll be your girlfriend then. And I was like, oh
3: my gosh. And
1: you know, I was like all (laughs) excited. So when we, when we met for the first time, we were like already kind of dating and, um, but I just remember I I just had this overwhelming feeling of, like, make her feel safe. She's meeting some dude right. at a park in the middle of Kentucky. Now, granted, I had two little kids with me, but right. still, you know, she she's still safer. meeting some dude. <laughs> yeah. And so I just gave her a big hug. And um, how, how was that day for you, Tina?
4: So it was there, the anticipation um, You know, I was so anxious on the way there, but I was excited too. And um, it was just kind of a surreal thing. Like, I can't believe I'm like going to meet some man. You know, it still Mm -hmm. felt wrong, even though I knew Mm -hmm. it wasn't wrong. It felt like, oh gosh, like what am I doing? But -hmm. I was so excited. And when I pulled in and seen him and he came over, he really did like take the nervousness away immediately. Mm -hmm. Like he gave me a hug and I was like, okay, okay, this is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I got to meet the kids and that was really sweet and, um, but it's so funny because, you know, after being married for so long and meeting someone in a public place and, you know, he was so sweet and he asked if it was okay to hold my hand Mm -hmm. and, um, I said yes and it was okay, but I was also, felt like I was looking around to see if any I knew anyone or, you Uh know, it was two hours away in Kentucky, which wasn't likely I was going to see anyone, but there was still something in me that's like, oh, is this okay? Is this right? Am I doing something wrong? You know, that's, I was sharing with Mark earlier, like when you've been married for so many years, you have this, like there's no other person but your spouse and you train Mm -hmm. yourself. You don't look at other people that way. And so then when your spouse is gone and it's okay to open up your heart to that idea again, it still feels like you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, but he was so sweet and just gentle and we um, let the kids play for a while and we sat on one of the park benches and chatted and he asked if it was okay to put his arm around me and we kind of sat there and it was it was really sweet Um, but by the end of our meeting we ended up on some picnic tables right And I started having some, like, grief. It just, like, Mm -hmm. hit me. Like, kind of the reality of the situation. Like, John's really gone. I'm thinking of moving forward. Um, And I just started crying. And I was trying... Mm -hmm. I was, like, apologizing. He was like, no, it's okay. And, like, he hugged me and held me so no one could kind of see what I was doing. Because... Mm -hmm. And, like, kind of shielded me. And that honestly made me feel, like, so safe. And it was like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is okay. And, um... That, that kind of sealed the deal for me, even though mm. um, I was still scared and didn't didn't really know about, um, you know, what it's gonna be like to date and move forward, but I felt completely safe um, mm. in that first meeting. That's so
3: sweet.
0: Mm. And that was awesome. How, how long have you guys been together now? I can't remember how long it is.
1: Just about so, two years. Two years.
3: Yeah, almost two years. Aww.
0: That's
1: awesome.
0: Yeah. So you guys <clears throat> had this wonderful meeting, and then what was it like from there?
1: Well, um, I was thrilled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I thought she was the most beautiful, amazing woman. And um, one of the things that, I mean, I knew I was obviously attracted to her mm-hmm. on every level. Um, I, I just thought she was stunning. I thought she was just a remarkable woman. Um, everything for me checked out great. I was like, she's great. Yeah. But what really stood out to me was watching her interact with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, she leaned over and her and Alexis picked some flowers and she taught Alexis how to like tie these flowers together oh, to make yeah. like a, a head thing.
3: Love that. I don't know yeah. what you
1: call it. I'm not a girl, yeah. but, um, mm-hmm. and Alexis just, Alexis fell in love with her like immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I remember Luke, like, wanting her to watch him.
3: Yeah. And she just
1: was so good. She she would walk away from me to go play with the kids. And I really liked that. It, like, yeah. it felt like the kids were part of it, too. Yes, yes. And, um, and so I, you know, normally on that long drive, I get a little sleepy. I mm-hmm. was, like, just wired the whole way home. Just thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like oh my gosh, I found her. God, like you brought her to me exactly how you said you would because remember the reason that I was not supposed to be on dating sites as anybody who's been listening to the podcast knows, um, I said this in the very, very beginning of our podcast that God told me that he was going to bring her to me and that I would know. And um, so I've looked for that. And if I'm on a dating site, she's not coming to me. So I think, this is just a weird theory, but I think that God sent all of my messages to people out into the Eros, and that nobody really got those messages. That's what I'm telling myself. But um, I think that God was like, no, I have somebody for you. Yeah, he's gonna, these, you. These mm-hmm. messages are going to get lost in a server somewhere, um, because it wasn't right, or whatever reason, it just wasn't. Right. And, um, you know, I just, that day I couldn't believe that I was sitting there with this woman. And so I remember when she was crying and had grief, I had so much empathy for her. And when she had told her story to me that she spent so much time, like sitting alone on the couch and eating by herself. And I just start to cry. I could still cry like right now thinking about it because it like, I just want to like take care of her. And it's been that way since the beginning. I want to protect her and love her really well. And, um, I've never, I've never lost that, that interest to love you, Tina. I've never lost that interest Mm -hmm. to take care of you, to protect you. Um, to, I always have this vision that like, when I get to heaven, John is going to shake my hand and say, thank you. Mm
3: -hmm. Thank you
1: for taking care of my wife. And I want that honor you know, I want that, that privilege and, um, gosh, it's, it's been such an incredible journey to get to this point. There's few things that I've ever been so sure of in my life. Um, but knowing that God brought you to me, I am certain about because, and, uh, I hope this is okay to say, But, you know, we're a couple. People know we kiss, right? (laughs) I can say that. Okay. So I just, you know. But I remember on that first visit, I remember the way she looked at me when I was hugging her goodbye. And I could see this look on her face that was so easy for me to read. It was that she wanted me to kiss her. Remember, we'd been dating already for over a month and talking for two months. Um. But I could see the look in her face that it was like she wanted to, but she was, there was conflict in her heart. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And I said, just hug her, Mark. And so Mm -hmm. I hugged her and I kissed her on the head and, um, told her it was okay for her to cry on the way home. Just drive careful. And she said she cried like the whole way home. Mm -hmm. And of course we talked that evening for several hours and, um... Yeah, the rest is history. We started meeting up like for a while. There it was like almost every weekend we were meeting up in Kentucky, and uh, just getting to know each other better, spending time together. We'd go to, I always want to say Dave and Buster's. It's Malibu Help me Jacks. Tina. Thank you, Malibu <laughs> Jacks. Um, and we'd you know go go karts and this and that. We'd meet up for lunch. And I remember one time we drove out up into these hills in Kentucky onto some dirt road. <laughs> to like a farm we thought it was like this farm that was going to be like a petting zoo and it was like some lady selling strawberries and that was pretty much it (laughs) and so um tina is she's not like a germaphobe but she's more of a germaphobe than i am so this lady who we'd never met before we don't know anything (laughs) about her she hands me with her bare hands a strawberry to try to taste the strawberries and i'm like hmm so i eat it i don't ask any (laughs) questions and I hand Tina one, so now it's touched <laughs> this lady's hands my hands, and now I'm handing it over to Tina, and she's like, yeah, uh, I don't, no. I'd rather wash that <laughs> first, you. you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, and so I ate another strawberry, and I'm, I'm feeling guilty, because I already gave strawberries to my kids, but um, I'm like, yeah, you're right, I probably, I don't know what this lady's been doing, I'm like, yeah, I'll eat one, so, um, but that's we had funny. a lot of fun adventures, and yeah, it was just, it was really cool, so that's, that's kind of the beginnings mm. of our relationship.
0: Well, so that's really beautiful, like, I got teary because I was watching you get teary talking to Tina, and then I was teary because I was thinking about Luke shaking Joel's hand in heaven, like, it just brought this whole beautiful theme to my head for my own situation, and I just, I think that's, that's beautiful, like, that really, it just touched my heart a lot, and just, your story is beautiful, and one of my questions was kind of answered through that, but then I'll, I'll ask Tina, so one of my questions was how did it go when the kids met each other and you guys have very opposite age kids. Mm. And Mm. so I know that's very, very different. And so it sounds like, um, Luke and Alexis right away, you know, great, you know, enjoyed, um, meeting Tina and it went really well. I know it's different with older kids. So I'm just curious, Mm -hmm. like how
4: did it go with your kids? Okay. So the first time it was just Alyssa, she, um, came to Kentucky with, with us and um met the kids and then we all went to Malibu Jacks so that was I thought it was a great meeting um Mark and Alyssa like chatted like across the picnic table for a long time and just kind of getting to know each other and um then Alyssa played with the kids I felt like Mm -hmm. it went really really well um And so I think Logan is a little slower to warm up Mm -hmm. to people in general. So I think the first time Logan met the kids was, was that my birthday? I think it was. And then we all went out to dinner. Yes. Okay. So he's, he's not as much of a a kid person as Alyssa is. So I feel Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. Alyssa initially took up with the kids. Um, great because she just, she loves kids and, and that's how she is. Logan's a little more standoffish. So it was, um, but it was great, actually. He and Luke were across the table from each other, and Luke was um, <laughs> asking everyone to give him like math problems because he is so oh, smart. Oh yeah, <laughs> like he is. Oh my goodness, he is. He is just like a math genius, and so Logan was really impressed um, with how smart Luke was. So mm-hmm. that was a really uh, a really sweet night. But we haven't amazing. had a lot of interaction, especially with mm-hmm. Logan. Alyssa's kind of been around more, and um, more involved. Um, and sometimes it's hard for her because she, I go to Tennessee a lot. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes she feels like, you know, I have a family, my family sort of Mm -hmm. in, you know, in Tennessee and then she sometimes feels left out. So that's a little difficult for her. Mm -hmm. Um, Logan's pretty independent. So he's, Mm -hmm. he's pretty good. He's just like, he tells me to be careful and have a good time (laughs) when I go on trips. But um, it is different with younger and older kids, and yes, like much Luke different. and Alexis. When I get there, it so typically Mark doesn't tell them that I'm coming.
0: Oh, fun! And so
4: <laughs> yes, and so I get to come in and surprise them, and it's so sweet. Oh. they like come and like give me big hugs, and Alexis is getting so big now. Like you know, she's almost as big as I am, and she's like <laughs> comes and just gives. Me- oh. I just knock my drink off, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but she will almost like knock me over when she like comes to Aww. give me a hug, and it's mm-hmm. it's so sweet. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's a big difference, um, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and so I am I am looking forward to when we are together more, and, yeah. and all of the kids can interact, and we can all um, mm-hmm. you know feel like more like a big family, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. I remember when I first met Alyssa, first thing, of course, I thought is I was like, wow, she's so smart. Like, she's such a, she's such a responsible young lady, like, uh, very mature. And I really, really cared about what she thought about me because I wanted her to know that, like, I know this is weird. Mm -hmm. I know, but like, your mom is safe. Like, I, I really want to protect her and take care of her and love her. And, um, so she was very receptive of me. I know it's hard for her, but she even would like draw the kids like pictures for their birthday. She's an artist. She's really talented. We've, we've painted pumpkins together. And so she's always made a lot of effort to, um, to like kind of I don't want to say be okay with the situation because I know, I know it's not like, okay, she wants her dad, you know, and I totally right. get that. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've i had this feeling since the beginning that like, I want to be whatever your kids want me to be. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. If they
1: want me to be a friend, I'll be a friend. And I know this isn't the case, but in my heart, I'm like, if you want me to be a father figure, I'll be a father figure. Like, um, you know, like... I, I just had this heart for for her kids from the beginning yeah. that, like, I want to be anything that you need me to be. And if you want me to just be off on the sidelines and just be, like, a friend to you and be nice to you, like, I'm okay with that. Um, but if you want guidance or you, have some, you need somebody to talk to, like, I want to be that, too. Yeah. So I just wanted to love them, and I feel like in loving them that I need to be what they want me to be. So it is different, but one of the things that really stood out to Tina and I is she has an older daughter and a younger son. I have an older mm. daughter and a younger mm-hmm. son. Her daughter is Alyssa, my daughter's Alexis. Her son is oh. Logan, my son is Luke.
0: I never thought about that. Well, wow, and so cool. we just
1: felt like, "Whoa, this mm-hmm. is like this is kind of neat," you know?
3: Yeah.
1: Um and so Alyssa has always been she's always made the effort so if I was in town, she would make the effort when I would come to West Virginia, she would make the effort to meet up with us to have lunch to have dinner to whatever it was. She would always make the effort um Logan has definitely made the effort when you know when it was not i don't want to say convenient but like when he was around or whatever you know. But he would do things with his friends if his friends were around or whatever. And, and I was okay with that because I'm not trying to force myself into his life mm-hmm, either.
3: Right.
1: But, um, but there have been a couple times now that I've got to have some really good conversations with Logan too. In particular, the last time I got to talk with him,
3: mm-hmm.
1: we were just talking about cars and guns and just whatever. I don't even remember all the stuff we were talking about, but just, like, we saw that we have a lot in common even though he's, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years younger than I am, uh, more, I'm old, but still, um, so I've really enjoyed getting to know her kids, and I've really, really enjoyed watching the excitement on my kid's face, because she left out a small detail when she shows up, yes, they come running and hugging, but they also scream at the top of their lungs, uh, yes. and they, like, yeah. charge her, and I'm like, I almost feel like I need to jump in the middle and like slow them down because it's just like a bull charge, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that to me is so special to my heart because yeah. these kids have been through tragedy. I, mm-hmm. I have seen them cry for their mommy being taken mm-hmm. away on a, on, an ambu- on a gurney and being taken away in the ambulance and having to tell them that mommy died and... Um, hearing mommy screaming out in pain and like they have been through more than most adults have been through yeah um and so to see them this level of happy i i can't tell you like what it does for my heart to see these kids feel like they're being nurtured and nourished and and to see luke just like snuggle up on tina mm. and you can just see how much and this I little boy it. like needs oh,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> a mother figure you know right. um he just loves it. And there's 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 so many things. It's so obvious that God created men and women because men are good at some things. Women are good at some things. But, like, there's so many situations where I see them bring the problem to Tina. Mm. And the way she handles it, I'm blown away. Because it's totally, like, the nurturing mother. And even though I'm pretty nurturing for a dude,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I am not a female, though. I don't have the same skills that that Tina has as as a woman, as a mother, um, as a former wife. You know, these the, she she has a special, she has a particular set of skills. No, I haven't. To... <laughs> <laughs> Liam. D. Those from yeah, Liam D. Yes, good job. Yes. Anyways, uh, it's from what was it? Taken. Anyways, yes, I have a yeah, particular yeah. set of skills, oh. but um, so <laughs> it, it's one of those things that I. Every time that a situation comes up and I would handle it a certain Mm way, you know, as a man, I would handle it like a father and seeing her handle it like a mother is like, oh my gosh, like, wow, that was awesome. These kids need that in their lives. So Mm -hmm. anyways, that's kind of the, uh, super long long. version of what the, the kids interaction has been like for me, but, um, as much as she says, yeah, yeah, sorry.
4: Sorry. Go ahead. I'm no, it's sorry. Okay. I was just going to say, as saying. much
1: as she says that Logan has, you know, been a little standoffish, from, the, from my perspective, I think for the situation we're all in, he's done a really great job. And, um, he's never been mean to me or rude to me or anything like that. He just, it's a weird situation. It is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some, some guy is dating his mom. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's weird, yeah. you know? And I just, so I respect that. And he, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, like he's, he's the man of the house when I come over and mm-hmm. I don't want to get in his space, you know, cause that's his space. And so I want to respect him as a man because he is a man and I'm a man mm-hmm. and I want to respect him that way and, and treat him that way. So, um, yeah. Yeah, anyways. Go ahead, Tina. What were you going to say? I'm sorry.
4: I was just going to say at one point, I really felt like I wanted to do foster care,
3: Mm -hmm.
4: and um, John and I went to an interest meeting, and he he had such a heart for kids, but he just said that he thought, you know, he had friends that have had done foster care, and he's like, when you have these children in your home, and you want to protect them so bad, and then they're removed from your home, mm-hmm. just the, the emotional um, trauma that you go through with that, he said, I just don't think I could do it, and so mm-hmm. I was pretty disappointed, because at that point, my kids were growing up, they were so independent. And I was like, I'm just not done momming. Like, I, I want to, mm. like, I want to have little ones to take care of. And, and I remember when Mark and I started talking about kids, I think he mentioned that at one point, like, what do you think about younger kids mm-hmm. or kids are, are older? And I was like, I love that. Like, wow, I love being a mom. I love doing all the you know, activities, school activities, and running kids here and there. Like, that was like the favorite, you know, my favorite part or season of life was just being a mom mm-hmm. and taking care of little. So,
3: mm-hmm. that's, that's super beautiful.
4: sweet.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, kind of, well, I wanted to say one thing on a thing a minute ago is in my experience with my kids and Joel it's definitely been the boys that have a harder time. (laughs) I feel like they're both like, kind of like protected. Like that's my mom, like that's Mm -hmm. my dad that, you know, and I mean, Haley's had a hard time too, but I mean, they're doing pretty good. But Haley has said to me, even within the last six months, like I'm so happy for you, but it's still weird for me. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not my dad. You're not with my dad anymore, you know? And so it is a hard situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, yes, they, all of our kids, do the best they can with the situation. And I definitely think that, yeah, the older kids have a harder time with it for sure. So switching gears, um, so you guys get together, are there any, were you scared to tell friends or family at first? Because I know that's kind of a hard thing after you've been married and then you're widowed, are people gonna judge you? So for either one of you, was it a difficult
4: thing?
2: Tina, you can go first. Here we go,
4: okay. So it <laughs> was extremely difficult for me um because I'd had people make comments before like I can't picture you with anyone other than John or right um and I just felt like this extreme guilt and I thought that people would think I didn't love John anymore or I didn't love Mm -hmm. him as much as I said I did if I could think about someone else and you know people have made comments like well if my husband or if my spouse died I would never you know and So I didn't tell, I only told my kids and my sister initially Mm. when Mark and I first started talking. Like I just kept it like super private and um, so I slowly started telling people closer to me. Um, And I hate to admit I was was so worried every time. Like I didn't know how they Mm -hmm. were going to respond, if they were going to judge me and um, John's dad was great. Like I, um, he had been widowed and he was remarried already. And so he was, um, he was so supportive and his, you know, his, the wife that, you know, the lady he married was also widowed. So Mm -hmm. they, they were both amazing. I was really concerned about telling my mom and John's mom. Mm Um, and so I waited really for quite a while. Like a lot of people knew before they our moms knew. And, um, for John, like my mom loved John as if he were her child. And so sometimes I thought he liked her more than me
3: (laughs) or she liked him more than
4: me, you know, because she just, you know, thought so highly of him. So I'm like, I don't know what my mom's going to say. And so, um, but anyway, she was great. And then John's mom was the last person I told that was really important to me that needed to know. And she handled it so much better than I expected she would, and we <clears throat> cried a lot. And um, she understood, and um, and she actually now when we meet up, she'll ask about Mark or ask about the kids. Yeah. And um, you know, I think it's just getting over those firsts and yes. seeing that. <laughs> and even if someone thinks that it's not okay, that's that's on them, and it's not yep. on you. Mm-hmm. So, but it is very hard it was it was super hard I just felt like oh, I don't want to talk to anyone about this right now because I think they're gonna judge me you know Yes. and
1: Tina that just reminded me I remember you said you wanted to share something that I told you in the first conversation that really helped you a lot
4: oh yes well when we first started talking I was still feeling guilty for even talking to mark on the phone and mm-hmm. he reiterated over and over that I didn't choose this and you're not doing anything wrong. That's good. And that was like, and it's kind of funny, even though, like, I've said this before to him, but you guys are kind of like an authority. You know, people hear you. That's right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know, I know. That's, we are we're the widow's authority. Widow design. <laughs> that's right. But, no, like, you have a platform, and so people yeah. really, like, respect what you say. Yeah. And I just remembered, like, him knowing that he had been through it first of all if it was someone Mm -hmm. else telling me you're not doing anything wrong like if i don't know that i would have um taken it the same way but that Mm -hmm. was so meaningful and helped me a lot that i didn't choose it and i'm not doing anything wrong
1: i really like to like tell that to people yeah in, in the podcast or whatever, because, um, or, uh, a couple guys have reached out to me, um, for dating advice, you know, over the years and, um, you know, or, or whatever, whatever they reach out to me for advice for, I like to tell them that like, dude, you didn't choose this. Yeah. This wasn't what you mm-hmm. wanted. So what are you going to do? Just fall apart the rest of your life.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when you're ready, that's all that matters. But um, I wanted to ask you something, Tina. I know this is like Michelle's interview, but no,
3: was good. I, I wanted to ask
1: you something. So you had been listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So when you first talked to me on the phone, was that weird?
4: Yes, it was very weird. It, well, <laughs> even just texting and messaging back and forth, I'm like, this is crazy. Like I know so much about him, and he knows from, <laughs> you know hardly anything about me. So, it's like as he's telling me things, I'm like, yeah, I kind of know that already. <laughs> right? <That's so laughs> yeah, weird. I've but heard that story, was, Mark. <laughs> yeah. But it was. It was super cool. Like, And then the first time you mentioned me on the podcast, I was like, whoa, that's that's Mystery really cool. Girl. Remember yes, I I like, love it. Hey, that. Mystery Girl. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was awesome. I loved it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, you know, I remember we'd, we'd play these, like, get-to-know-you games through text. Yeah. So it was, like, a- asking oh, a bunch of questions uh-huh. and, you know, um, yeah. and just, you know, exchanging answers and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been an incredible journey, and um, I just feel like God's hand has been very involved in the whole thing. Um, because the more I've learned about Tina, the more I've learned that she was exactly who I prayed for for a long mm-hmm. time. And so, and then to answer your question, Michelle, mm-hmm. um, I was really concerned again, cause as everybody who's been listening knows, uh, I, I did date, um, one time and, uh, it was, it was weird telling my in-laws it was mm-hmm. weird. And, um, But they made it so comfortable for me that they wanted me to be happy and that they knew I was a great husband to Lacey and, you know, that the kids need a mom. And so they they were very accepting. So I was nervous telling them that I had met someone, but um, they were very happy for me. And so for me, I didn't have the same issues Tina had, but Mm -hmm. I I kept everything very private for her. Yeah. Um. So I kept my status as widowed and and all this stuff because uh, yeah. So anyways, it wow. was it was very, it was more like me supporting her. Yeah. In her, in her fear of mm-hmm. telling people.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. My, um, call that I dreaded the most was Luke's mom, and right mm-hmm. before Joel came to visit, so I'd never talked to her about dating anything. I knew she was gonna see things on social media and like we were. Not official, official. I mean, we were kind of like, we were like, well, we're not talking to other people. That's where we were at before he visited. But it quickly changed. I mean, he told me he loved me the first time he came to see me. But I called her. I know. (laughs) I called her and I said, just so you know, I have a friend, you know, that we're talking and he's coming to visit. And I just want to tell you about it. And she was really great about it. She's like, well, I didn't think you'd stay single forever. And I mean, she was so supportive that like her and Luke's sister and nieces and nephews, they came to our wedding. So it's like in-laws can be very supportive. In fact, they I mean, she would, it was weird for me when she started asking about Joel, wanted to know more about him. It was like, it felt weird because I used to be married to her son. So it felt a little strange, but now it's, you know, obviously we're married now, it's totally fine. Um, But just to let people know it can be, it can be hard, but it can also be something really, really good because I'd like to believe that, like most people will support that. Most in-laws will be like, okay, Mm -hmm. of course you're not gonna remain single forever if that's not what you want so i want to go back to you guys i got a few more questions like really specific to like widow to widow because that's different than my situation and i'm sure people will be curious so when you guys have upcoming grief days the would-be anniversaries the the death anniversary all of that like do you i mean you've been dating a little while now so you probably already know them but let's say it's the beginning like do you talk about hey this date is coming up and here's what i'm gonna need from you or like how how is the communication because i know how it is with me with joel but we don't have it the other way so i'm curious how you guys work with grief days
4: if that makes sense do you want to go ahead you can go ahead okay so we we haven't really like decided you know i'm gonna need this from you or we haven't shared that but mark is very good at being intentional and Um, and we both try to support each other on those days. We pray for each other. We're usually available as needed. Like if, if we need to talk to, to each other, but, um, Mark has several times on grief days sent flowers and Mm. a sweet note. And, um, it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's like other people have already forgotten and they don't yeah. remember the dates, but mm-hmm. he he always remembers. And I know like if I'm having grief, like that's what's so beautiful about us both being widowed. Like yeah, he said it on the last podcast, like there's no jealousy. There's no like, oh gosh, why are you still crying? It's like totally understood. And um, mm-hmm. so that just that understanding and support is just amazing. Like, and it's okay. Like he even said on the last one, like I can love Lacey forever she can love John forever and there's like you know we've talked about the whole the picture thing eventually like you know Mm -hmm. um having a a wedding picture and you know of each couple and and then one of us if if, you know when that day yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so
1: um and then I'm sorry Michelle what was the question again
0: just like what do you guys talk? Oh, that's about, right. Like grief how days. How do you deal with grief, grief days? Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, like like you said, we both know. It. So we talked so much. I'd say that in the first three months of dating, we probably knew more about each other than people who'd been dating a year in person, mm-hmm. because we right. spent so much time on the phone. We spent yeah. so much time, and when you're on the phone you have nothing to do but to get to know each other. Yep. And and we made that a point. Like, we were very intentional about getting to know each other, asking each other questions, figuring each other out, trying to learn what makes the other one tick and stuff. So um, I have these visuals in my head of, like, all the days that are important to her. And Mm -hmm. I know their anniversary. I know the day John died. Um, You know, I I remember the kids' birthdays and just all these things. And um, it is... One of those things that you, it, as, I don't know if it's just like a man thing or whatever, but like it's, it's built into us, into our DNA to be like a protector
3: yeah, and
1: to take care of. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when I know she's going to have a rough day, like I'm anticipating what she might need. Maybe I learned that from being a server at a restaurant because we're supposed to anticipate the guest needs. If they yeah. order French fries, bring ketchup. Like, you know, it's kind of that kind of philosophy. Yeah. So, um, but she's also been really, really awesome for my anniversary, for Lacey's birthday. Yeah. Um, you know, what do you need from me today? What can I do for you? Do you need space? Do you, mm. do you want me to pray with you? Um, What can I do for you today? And and checking in with me. How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? And so I'm a little bit further out. Not too much, but a little bit. um, Like I think four months further out. But I believe because of the podcast that I was a lot further along in my grief. Also the anticipatory grief. The way my wife died versus Mm -hmm. the way her husband died. So I've always felt like I'm like I'm okay and I need to support her. But she's always made just the other day I was like maybe maybe 4 or 5 days ago I was having a really hard day. Um and she said you don't always have to be the strong one. Mm. Mm. And um that really touched me that she said it's okay For you to have a hard day. Um, Because I tried to be the strong one. I tried to be the one that's going to support her. That she needs me to support her because I'm further along. Because I'm okay. Because I'm, I have less grief days. Because whatever, you know, it's just, maybe it's just being a man. Maybe it's wanting to fix everything. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But that's just always how it's been for me in my heart. Is that I want to take care of her. And I'm okay. I'm fine. Don't worry about me like I want to take care of you but she doesn't let me do that when it's like one of my days Uh, and so I really appreciate that and respect that a lot and another hard thing and I'm sorry Tina let me just say this one more thing because it's important to Mm -hmm. me and I don't want to forget my birthday is the day after the day John died he died on December 9th my birthday is December 10th and she has always been so sweet. It's like crazy. Like, so this past year she made a post for John on December 9th. And then on December 10th she made a post for me for my birthday. And that was like I don't know. It's just it's it, and, and actually, I, I'm thinking of it right now. I can't remember if you made a post or if you and I were talking about it. I think you made a post, right, I did. for John. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, I just I for did. a second, I was like, wait, was that right? But mm-hmm. um, but that she could switch gears because it was my birthday. Like, it was just so special to me because, like, I know how that was for her the day before. And so I feel bad that like you know she doesn't get any break in between the day John died and my birthday. So, anyways, and what were you gonna say, Tina? I'm sorry, I just remembered that's exactly
4: what I was gonna share was um, that first December that we were I was at your house and we were gonna go to dinner for your birthday, and it was um, really close to John's death day. And I was ironing my clothes. I was in his laundry room ironing my clothes. And it, grief just hit me. Like, mm. yeah. And he came in. I didn't expect that he would come in and see me crying. And he walked in. And he was like, is everything okay? And I was just, you know, just told him I was having grief. And he was like, yeah. it's okay. We don't have to go to dinner. Like, we can stay home. We'll order in. Like, we can just tell the kids that, you know, we'll have to do it another day. We don't have to celebrate my birthday today. And that was exactly what I needed. He let me cry and hugged me. And I was like, No, we're going out to dinner. We're going to celebrate your birthday. But I just needed to get it out. And, but he was so sweet to like, he, he does always put my grief first. And, mm-hmm. um, and he's right. Sometimes I don't let him. And we celebrated his birthday. <laughs> we did go out to dinner. But that was, that, that's the beauty of what we have. yeah of understanding one another like i can be crying about john one minute and so thankful that god put mark in my life the next Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. or at the same time
0: (laughs)
4: right It's beautiful
0: i love how you guys work together on the grief and it's it's beautiful so i have maybe one more one more for sure question so um, what have you done to learn about each other's spouses? Because I know that you guys mm. love learn, like knowing more about mm-hmm. each other's spouses. So what kind of things, is it just like talking about them or what have you done to get to know them?
1: Mm. Um, well, for me, I, I didn't ask. And I remember kind of confessing to her later. I said, I hope it's okay. I watched John's celebration of life and she was like, wow, like, thank you for doing that. Um, and I learned a lot about him from that, but I also went to her church's, um, Facebook posts Mm. and read all the comments. There were like hundreds of comments and, um, and then we ask each other questions like, what, you know she asked me was Lacey like this was Lacey that did Lacey do this did Lacey do that what was she like what was this like what did she like What didn't she like and, and I do the same for her and we still do it after two years of when we feel like we have a pretty good understanding of each other's spouses like I really feel like if I met John right now that I would totally feel like I know him. I know so much about him and I think we both have been very intentional. Out of respect for start, also interest. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll still to this day ask each other questions. I'll just randomly in the middle of a conversation go, hey, did John like spicy food?
3: Mm-hmm. Or she'll
1: be like, you know, did Lacey like driving or did you drive everywhere? You know, things like that. So we kind of um, are still learning, but. Yeah. I think there was just an immediate... And she also watched Lacey's Celebration of Life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll let you answer that. But yeah, so that's kind of mm. what we... We just ask questions. We ask questions yeah. and um, are very interested. And, and when I see pictures of John, it's like I, I can just gaze into those photos because it's like, whoa, like here's this man that I've never met that I know so much about. Right. And uh, I find it fascinating that that he and Tina... This whole life, and like he w- like this, and this is just kind of a weird thing, but it's like he was so in love with Tina, and I understand that because mm-hmm. I am also so in love with her, mm-hmm. yeah. And so it's this, um, it's like this camaraderie. Yeah. That it's like, it's like, I feel like I'm sometimes telling him like, oh man, your wife is awesome. You know, it's kind of weird, but like,
3: <laughs> no, I hear um,
1: no. yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of neat that, um, and plus we all as believers, um, we live for eternity.
3: Yeah.
1: I will know John, like yeah. I'm 100% mm-hmm. certain about that. I will know John. And I do think that it's a very real thing that he will shake my hand and I will shake his hand. And, um, that we will love each other in heaven and we will be brothers in Christ in heaven. And, uh, Tina and Lacey will be sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that she will tell him, thank you for taking care of my pathetic husband that can't do anything for himself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyways, so what is your, uh, thoughts on that, Tina?
4: Okay. I, I did the same thing initially too. I watched the celebration of life and that, um, well, I don't know if you've ever watched it, but Mark sharing his story um, about him and Lacey was just so beautiful. And and hearing her brother and her best Mm -hmm. friend and the pastor talk about her, I felt like I got kind of like a well-rounded view of who she was. Um, Mm -hmm. There's so many things that I admire about her. Um, Just her, I could see, and Mark showed me like videos, and I've seen tons of pictures of her and the kids. And just how um, loving and how spunky and what a servant she was. And um, she was super brave, and I'm kind of the opposite of that. I'm not a <laughs> risk taker at all. So I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like a little opposite of, of But So I really admire who she was, and I want to um, care for Mark well, and I want to care for the kids mm-hmm. really well. And um, I want her to be proud of the woman that he's chosen. And mm-hmm. – um, But yeah, I just love looking anytime he shares like old posts of their Mm -hmm. pictures and things or videos of her laughing and, Mm -hmm. you know, swinging on the swings with the kids and and things like that. It's just, it's so sweet to me and it makes me sad at the same time, you know, at what they lost. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I do feel like I know her pretty well too. Wow. Mm
3: -hmm. This
0: is just so beautiful to hear you guys talk about each other's spouses. It's, it's beautiful. So I have... One more question, um, before we see if you have anything else you want to say, but what advice do you have for widows that are thinking about starting to date? Like either one of you want to share um, something?
1: You can go first on this one.
4: Oh gosh. Um, or do you want me to go first? I don't want to throw you on I spot. didn't I just prep I <laughs> Okay. So Mark, you can, you can go first if you have okay. something.
1: I'm... So I will give advice to widowers because I obviously mm. can't give advice to widows.
3: Right.
4: That's good.
1: Um, I wasn't a great example of this, but be patient. Mm -hmm. I would give that advice so strongly to be patient. And especially if like you were in my situation where every time I pray about it, I felt like God was telling me, I will bring her to you, Mm -hmm. um, to be patient and wait and not just, it's so tempting to be eager to like jump into anything that comes your way. Because first of all, men, It's a lot easier for women to find somebody to date them than it is for men. So when somebody's interested in you, it's just kind of like this, whoa, you know, kind of feeling for a man. Um, Be patient is one thing I would say. And um, like Michelle says all the time, let God write your story. Mm
3: -hmm. I
1: I love that because that is is so important. But um, I would say don't be blinded. Like really, like evaluate the situation and see if you're feeling like this is from God. It, it's hard. It's such it's such a hard thing. But um, yeah, I would just say. But like the number one thing I would say is make sure that whoever she is, that she is okay with your grief. That she is understanding mm-hmm. that you're going to have some hard days mm-hmm. that you're going to shed tears that there's going to be these random moments where she's going to do something that reminds you of your late spouse and that's going to be hard for you
3: yeah.
1: um or or you know if you're in my situation like seeing her with your kids sometimes is hard and it's not because it's hard it's because it should be your wife There with your kids and it makes you feel bad that she's not there or whatever. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's something I would say, but, um, and, and another big thing, don't compare, Mm -hmm. do not compare and like know in advance going into it that the girl you're with now, you're never going to make her feel second best. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Do not make her feel second best. Mm hmm. You are with this woman now. She needs to be the best. Yeah. She needs to to feel like she is the queen. Like that. You're so thankful for her that don't don't make her feel like she's second best. That would just be my strongest advice. I think is that um, make a decision that she is your new best. Yeah.
4: That's so good. It's good advice. Mic drop. That's Boom. really good. That's I don't really even good. want to follow that. <laughs> and and you you've done you've done that really well.
1: And be humble.
4: <laughs> like Mark. Yes. Always. We should be all humble. be more like Mark. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know um, I'm wearing that joke then, but uh, I gotta yeah. keep it going. Did
0: you have anything I to add to that, Tina?
4: Not a lot. I think it's pretty much the same thing. Be yeah. patient, don't rush into anything. I also think it, it is okay to take your time when you're first considering it um, because I do know people when they first think that they're ready to date they go ahead and get on dating sites and um, and they may do that before they're ready so I don't know I just I think it's probably the same thing just make sure yeah. that your heart is ready and that you're going um, yeah to be able to do that and go on the first mm-hmm. date. I'm not sure. Michelle, you may have That's better good. advice. Well, Aww. Tina,
1: i just like to say you took your sweet time. <laughs> I know.
3: Well, yes. Yeah,
1: I did. I'm just kidding. You you, you practice what you preach. She just, mm-hmm. I'm just it's a little inside joke Aww. because um, <laughs> before she would like, you know, we talked for like a few weeks, I think it was, before we actually started dating. And, um, She was so unsure if she could do this. And so it's kind of just an inside joke at this point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at that point in time, I remember telling her that, um, like, I'll be whatever you want me to be. If you want me to be your friend, I will be your friend. If you want me to be your grief support, I will be your grief support. And it's funny because we had this conversation (laughs) the other day. And when Tina told the story, she said, I remember when you told me Um, when you said, you know, and if you decide to date somebody, just let me know. And I'm all, (laughs) that is not what I said. What I said was, I will be your friend. I will be your grief support. But make sure, if I agree to this, that you give me a chance before you give anybody else a chance.
4: <laughs> and I was like, oh,
1: so yeah, that is how. So, oh, yeah, that's what it was. She made it all show. Yeah, if you date somebody, just let me know. You know, I'm like, no, <laughs> that is not what I said. So, anyways, that was a little that's funny inside joke. But, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I would say, I was just um, talking about this on the TikTok the yeah. other day. I just sounded old, like people who say the Facebook. I just said the, <laughs> the TikTok. Fa- the,
1: the rain. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I got on the Google. Um, anyways, on TikTok, I was talking about, you need to know who you are. So, okay. You're married Mm. and then your spouse dies and you're like, who am I? And you spend this time figuring out, like you need to figure out who you are without somebody and that your, Mm. your joy is not going to come from someone else. The joy of the Lord is your strength, you know, is our strength. And so knowing that was my advice, like know who you are, like, You know, I had to explain to people on TikTok because there's a lot of haters there. Like, my joy didn't come because of Joel. I had already found it. I was already healing and doing well before Joel, you know. So, figure out who you are and work on yourself before you bring somebody else in the mix. So, if you were like,
3: Mm.
0: my identity was this person, and then you don't figure out who you are on your own, they're going to just go, like, cling on to somebody else. My identity is this person. Mm. And it's probably not going to work because you've got to become whole. Like, Mm. you've got to become whole before you can go out and and date people. That's in my opinion. So
1: no, I love that. And that actually reminds me of, um, now this isn't my advice, but I want to add it to the advice for Mm -hmm. men because this was the best advice I ever received. And I remember it was my pastor, Josh, that shared this with me. I was telling him one day that, you know, I didn't want to go the rest of my life. Like I wanted to be married again and all this stuff, you know, I was telling him basically like I was lonely. I want companionship. And, um, You know, I want her to be like this and like this and like this. And he said, hold it right there. Like, let me give you some advice. And he said, don't worry about what she's going to be Mm -hmm. like. You become the man that is going to attract that kind of woman.
3: Yep.
1: Don't worry about what she's going to be. You become the kind of – so it's basically the same thing you're saying. Mm
3: -hmm, But um,
1: I just – I really like that. That stuck with me. He's like, don't worry about what she's going to be like. You worry about what you're going to be Mm -hmm. like that's going to attract that kind of woman. And uh, I did it. I attracted that kind of woman. (laughs) You did. That's awesome.
0: Well, I really appreciate you guys coming on here and
3: on your show, on my show, (laughs) on our show and
0: letting me ask you anything. And I, I learned more about your relationship and it's so beautiful. Like you can see God's hand through the whole thing. Like even, you know, Mark, you moving to Tennessee, which was closer to, you know, all the things like it just like, it's so exciting when you just see God's hand like when we don't understand where something's going to happen or how it's going to come like trust God like he's got it all figured Mm -hmm. out and that's my advice for the listeners you know if you're like stressing about like where am I going to find somebody like really let God write your love story I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you can't be on apps like if you feel fine about that that's good Mm -hmm. um no it's like the wild wild west being out there though I've told some people I'm like (laughs) like there wasn't even texting when I dated last and then you get on these apps and it's absolute craziness if you're ready for the challenge you know I've got some interesting stories like you can go out and do that but whatever is right for you and what you personally feel God is telling you um, so anyways um, anything else you guys want to say about your relationship I was just
1: I gonna say I think we could both independently do a whole episode of the ways that God brought us together mm. Um yeah for me like if, if I shared the the all the details of the yeah. story about what led me to Tennessee And, and all of that stuff, I think it would be, um, it would really blow people's minds. And it's Mm -hmm. one of those things for me that I'm like, it's just one of those things that you just, like Tina calls them God winks, or I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. do. I just never heard it before. But, um, for me, it's just one of those, like, what else could it be?
0: Right. What
1: else could have explained why I moved across the country? Right. Why I did that. Like, because I was terrified. I get posts on Facebook where I'm like, oh my gosh, please pray for me. I, I feel like God's telling me this crazy thing. I remember praying that I was like, God, like, please slam the door. I'm yes. so scared. Like, uh-huh. slam the door. Tell me not to sell my house that I love and mm-hmm. the neighborhood that I love and and all the stuff with with surrounded by friends and family and people that love me. Like, Please give me a reason to not move across the country into the great unknown. <laughs> you know, Don't get me wrong. There was a big part of me that was very excited, but the reality of actually pulling the trigger, Lacey and I had talked about it for a decade.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But the signs, the signs were so overwhelming that I couldn't deny it mm-hmm. anymore. And every time I asked him to slam the door, if it was wrong, he'd open another door. Yeah. And uh, I will just share the, the one – one of the things, but there were, I think, seven things like this. Actually, I'm going to share two of them because they're very important to me. Um, about what made me know that I wanted to move to Tennessee. I think there were seven of them. So one of them was, uh, after Lacey passed, I was selling a bunch of stuff. And mm-hmm. I was selling a uh, one of those KitchenAid mixers. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lady on Facebook Marketplace said... Uh, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I would love to come pick that up, but we only have this amount of money or whatever. I don't remember what the details were, but I just remember I said, Hey, like, I just, I'd love to bless you guys. Don't worry about it. And so she came and, and picked it up and found out I was Christian and the, she said, why are you selling this? Like, it looks great. And I'm like, yeah. it was my wife's and, mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't use it. And she's like, well, is your wife going to be okay that you sold it? Oh. And I was like, well, she's in heaven, so I don't think <laughs> she'll mind. And they were like, oh, my gosh. And oh. they had seen the kid. The kids always run out to say hi yeah. to everybody, you know. Uh huh. And so the husband and wife, she said, can we pray for you? I was like, mm. oh, I'd love that. And she's like, I don't know if this is weird. They didn't know I was a believer, but she's like, can we pray for you? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Maybe they did. Maybe I mentioned something, but I said, that'd be great. And so that we kind of stood in a circle in front of my house with these strangers And they each put a hand on my shoulder. And the woman started praying. The man didn't pray. And the man was kind of quiet the whole time. But after she prayed, he goes, hey, man, while my wife was praying, God just kept telling me to tell you something. Wow. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'd love to hear it. And he's like, there's something really big you're thinking about doing. You're supposed to do it. Wow. <laughs> and I was like I am thinking about selling my house and moving to Tennessee and he's like I really think you're supposed to. So cool. And I was like, "Oh my gosh." And then um that was I think like the third or fourth one. So the seventh one, the final one was uh I woke up, I was drinking my coffee, and I was scrolling Facebook, and right when I opened it, I did like one scroll and I see and I had just prayed like, "Lord, I know you've given me a whole bunch But can you please give me another sign that this is right because I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And I had never heard of Maryville, Tennessee before in my life before I started looking here. Mm -hmm. And I open up Facebook and the first thing I see is this big headline that says Smith & Wesson has announced that they are moving from California to Maryville, Tennessee. Wow! and this is like a small city this is such a random place for a big company there to move so anyways so um, cool. I could make a whole episode about the signs and so when I think about all that stuff and say wow I didn't know why he moved me here but he did and then it was a month after I moved here that I started talking to Tina and here we wow. are wow
0: that's so awesome God well, is good yeah thank you guys I was hoping we could do it different today and I could pray for you guys and pray us out that'd be awesome that'd be yeah. awesome yeah
1: give me a break yes
0: no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could pray at other times.
1: I know. I'm wow. just totally kidding. I don't mind praying, of course. Okay,
0: I'm just I'm kidding.
1: Just being stupid. Okay.
0: God, I just thank you for this um, beautiful time to get to know Tina and Mark better in the relationship that I can see you one million percent had your hand on. And we just pray for them. And as their kids get to know each other, and just all the things that come with like long distance and being widowed, I just pray for your blessing over their. Relationship and guidance for the future. And um, I just also pray for all the listeners that they will learn from the experiences that Mark and Tina have been through. Um, and just see how you are like there in all the little details of our lives, even we have no clue how they're going to work out. And I pray for those listening that would desire a relationship that you would write their love story and it would be above and beyond what we could ask or imagine. And I just pray for patience, um, as they wait upon that. Um, and I just thank you again for Tina and Mark and pray for blessings for them and their kids. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you. you. And. You know what I'm going to say, if you like this podcast, <laughs> go ahead and give it a little
3: bing, bing,
1: bing, 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 five stars, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all the all places. The places.
0: <laughs> so good. I'm drawing a blank. No, that's about see it. The, I mean, see
1: the show notes for uh-huh, some links, for links to some things. Hey, that's pretty know. good.
0: I would just I say. I got it. Yeah, that was really good. I'm going to add on there, leave us a little voice message on SpeakPipe. It's down below if you want to be featured. We're running out we only have one more so if you want to you know say a little something nice about the podcast we'd love to feature you on there <laughs> and join our widow too soon community we've had several join this past week um we had one who it was their uh, second day second being day, widowed. yeah and so what more a great guy. place to have people come around them like a safe place um to come around them actually like i got the notification when it said that he was widowed that day and I went through and I just wanted to wait a day to see anyways, he was really widowed. Like I had to go and look through mm-hmm. everything. Um, so I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, yes. but anyways, join our widow too soon community. You know, you guys know what we say, all the things. Oh, and if you want to be a subscriber, I just did another episode. I haven't even told you. I saw that. Yeah, and it was it's all yeah. based on this wonderful book. You can't see it, how to be successful. Fifty seven widow. widow um from 1957 from a man's perspective it's very interesting so if you want to get our episodes early and you want to do that or you just simply want to support the show there's a link down below we appreciate it and we just appreciate you guys being here like it's almost 3 years we're going to have to do something big maybe a live for the 3 year which i looked back no. <laughs> cuz it'll
1: just be kidding. fun I fine looked- yes I looked
0: back, and I thought it was May 4th, but if you look at the episode, it says May 2nd, but I think maybe we released it May 4th, because it says May 2nd. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I
1: remember that, too. I remember May 4th, too. So maybe we'll do that,
0: but we'll do, you know, maybe a live, we'll talk about it, but I can't believe we're going to be coming up on three years, which also means I'm coming up on four years since Luke died, because he's May Mm -hmm. also. So, Mm -hmm. crazy, but... Anyways, I really enjoyed doing this episode, and it's been so fun. So thank you guys for thank you being willing to listen, and uh, I think that's it. So we'll uh, see you guys all again next time. Bye. Thank you.